It is the Locked On Bengals Podcast with your hosts, Joe Goodberry and Jake Lisko. Find us on Twitter at Joe Goodberry and at Jake underscore NFL. Please like, subscribe, and share as we try to grow this community and pump out daily Bengals content just for you. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. This is Just Jake for the first segment. Going to take a minute to remind you all to go out onto iTunes and the like. Click the subscribe button. If it's on your Google podcast or Spotify, whatever it is, subscribe to the podcast. Really helps us out if you can get every episode delivered to you. The more you listen, obviously, the better that is for us. So we hope you like everything we've got going on here. For the first segment today, I'm going to update you on injuries and go on a little bit of a rant about how crazy it is and how unfortunate the Bengals' injury luck seems to be this year. And then we'll have Crossover Wednesday for you. Joe will be joined by Anthony from Locked On Jaguars, and we'll talk a little bit about that matchup. It was reported today by NFL.com's Tom Pelissero that William Jackson will miss a couple weeks with a shoulder injury. The Athletics' Paul Daner talked to William Jackson after the game, and Jackson told him at the time he had to pop his shoulder back into its socket during the game, which he then finished after missing a couple of drives. There was no injury report on him during the game, and now it turns out that it is severe enough that he's going to miss some time. The adrenaline has worn off, and it will be an injury that will cost the Bengals some weeks without their top corner. This comes in the same game that Drake Kirkpatrick injured his knee. He's out for at least a couple weeks, if not a month. Darquez Denard could come off the PUP this week, but there is no commitment that he's going to be ready to play after he's missed practice all season and preseason to this point after that arthroscopic knee surgery in the offseason. And then there's VW Webb, who started the season as the team's nickel corner and third corner on the outside. He's been playing with a broken hand with a cast on his wrist and hand for at least a couple of weeks now, and he'll continue to play that way. And he'll be joined by Tony McRae, ostensibly in the slot, and Tori McTire, who was signed off of a practice squad two weeks ago. And those are your top three corners for the Bengals. You have to expect at this point that they'll try to find a way to, if Darquez Denard can't play especially, get another corner onto the roster because that group being as banged up as it is, if they lose another guy, they're down to essentially nothing. That could be Brandon Wilson coming down and playing corner in the slot from the safety position, and they don't really have anybody else. Of course, they're also a little bit shallow at safety right now. Sean Williams is dealing with a knee injury that Paul Daner said after the game looked like there were a couple of golf balls in his knee. So that doesn't sound good. He couldn't finish the game against Baltimore. He was on a bit of a snap count. So it's not a sure thing that he's even going to be able to go out there and play. So this is a very banged up secondary for Cincinnati. And that goes along with Ryan Glasgow, who is again dealing with a thigh injury. He had fluid drain last week. Carlos Dunlap, who missed the game last week. An increasingly depleted defense. Linebackers are currently healthy. That doesn't really say a lot. They're not performing very well despite that health 
So it's hard to say that that really makes you feel much better. I suppose it could be worse. They started losing guys to injury the linebacker position as well. It's just been a really weird year, generally speaking, for injuries for the Bengals this year. And it really feels like we've been saying this for, what, three years now? A.J. Green misses at least six weeks, might miss seven weeks. John Ross is hurt again. Cordy Glenn hasn't played yet this year. Darius Phillips, who looked promising at corner, he's on the IR. Jonah Williams, their first-round pick. Surgery to repair labrum. He hasn't been off the PUP, and he is not likely to come back this season, at least until December. The injury list just goes on and on. Kerry Vim with a concussion. Clint Bowling retires. John Miller, the new right guard, has a groin injury. It's just tiresome at this point to think about how many guys they've missed due to injury, how that's hamstrung them in terms of roster spots. They have a bunch of guys that aren't on the IR. A few guys that they were able to get onto the PUP that made a big difference. Darquez Denard and Jonah Williams, that frees up those roster spots. But it's tough to get even enough healthy bodies in the building right now with some of the short-term injuries they have. You add to that that the players they brought in or brought back in the offseason that are healthy and Preston Brown and Bobby Hart haven't been performing all that well compared to the NFL standard of what a good starter should be at the very least. And it's easy to understand why this team is currently 0-6 staring 0-7 in the face. Of course, Jacksonville did just trade Jalen Ramsey, so we won't see, even if A.J. Green comes back this week, Jalen Ramsey and A.J. Green go at it again. We'll have to wait until they play the Rams in Week 8 in London, where Jalen Ramsey was traded for two first-round picks. The Browns also traded Austin Corbett today. He was a 33rd overall pick last year. He was traded for a third-day pick, according to reports. It's been undisclosed as of recording what round that pick was in, but that gives you a ballpark as to Billy Price's value, in my opinion. Two guys that have underachieved their draft status, a year removed from being drafted, out of favor potentially with their teams, and I don't think this means that Billy Price is likely to be traded. I just think that this gives us a ballpark of where the NFL might value him. Looking at trades across the league, it certainly seems as if player value is not linear and is very unpredictable from a player-to-player basis, and your value in the NFL and the trade market is really whatever teams can get for you. We will see how the Bengals cope with injury as they host Jacksonville this week in Cincinnati. Next up, we'll have Joe and Anthony talking Jaguars-Bengals without Jalen Ramsey, so stay tuned. Guys, let's talk about sex. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up as twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Let me tell you, we get free samples, and if you think Marshawn Lynch has a good stiff arm, you've seen nothing yet. Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor visits, no waiting at the pharmacy, and best of all, no awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than the pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code LOCKEDON. Just pay the $5 shipping. Again, that's B L U E G 
BlueChew.com. Promo code locked on to try it free. BlueChew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the Locked On Bengals podcast. If you found $100 on the street, would you pick it up or keep walking? Of course you take the money. So why do you keep picking winners and not betting on them? That's why I go to my bookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay when you win. Let's face it, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. My bookie offers a variety of options depending on your style of betting. You can bet on games after kickoff if by the second half it looks like your bet is going to lose, you can take the other side and recoup your cash. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, you can try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. No matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of year. Join now and MyBookie will double your first deposit. Just use promo code LOCKEDON to activate the offer. That's promo code LOCKEDON. Visit MyBookie.ag today to play so you win and get paid. Welcome to a crossover edition of Locked On Jaguars and I believe it's Locked On Bengals. I'm with my man Joe Goodberry. His Twitter handle is at Joe Goodberry. And I am Shop Talking Wig. For those that don't know, that's at Shop Talking Wig, but I'm Tony Wiggins. And me and Joe were sitting there. We were plotting all day to do this cross crossover. And then all of a sudden, boom, the news hits the Internet, something that anybody that knows me, I expected it. Jalen Ramsey, the all-pro corner for the Jaguars, has been traded to the Los Angeles Rams for two first-round picks and a fourth-round pick, a first-round pick in 2020 a fourth and a first in 2021. Joe Goodberry, man, you hit me up. You said, did you see this? And I had just seen it. What's going on, man? Hey, man, it's a little bit different world for us over here because we're all talking about trading players and trying to get some assets. <laughs> and here the Jaguars are losing a good player that, I don't know, man, how does a, how do you feel and how does the fan base feel? Did they want to trade Ramsey? Uh, they, initially, they didn't. They blamed management for not paying him and because they didn't pay Yannick Ngakwe either. Uh, they, they're making them both wait. And, and in the past, they've re-upped guys early. So and early, early on, the fans were, were, were a little bit upset at management. And then after Jalen started pulling some shenanigans on social media and not caring, and the last thing anybody wants to think is that somebody doesn't want to be with him. So once that happened, then fans said, though, don't give him what he wants. Either let him sit or send him to purgatory, football purgatory, which is like Buffalo or somewhere where he doesn't want to be. And in this case right now, no pun intended, it's Cincinnati because, oh, yeah. quite, quite frankly, they're getting rid of people. And even Miami, even though that's South Florida, but he won. Jalen won. Jalen wanted to go to L.A. And A.J. Green and, and the rest of these players, are, are they trying to dump talent? Are they dumping guys like A.J. Green and maybe even Geno Atkins? I don't think so. You know, they're weird because they don't do anything proactive. They don't ever have a plan. They don't ever seem to – go all in, whether that's all in for winning when they had a chance between like 2012 and 2015. And in this case, all out for tanking and losing and trying to make sure you secure that future in that top pick. Uh, I just don't see them doing it at all. I wouldn't be surprised if they walk away from this trade deadline with nothing at all, but the same exact roster that they currently have. What's crazy is of all the new coaches and the new additions, uh, Cincinnati and Miami are the two that most people applaud it that aren't really doing that well. Um, how, what's the outlook in this city? How, how do the fans feel? I can tell you how everybody around here feels about Jalen Ramsey because it changes every two days. Right. 
how do the fans feel knowing that the team is is in a position that they're in and you're kind of lost in no man's land right now? Yeah, that's the part, right? Because we felt that way the last three years where the Bengals weren't making the playoffs after 2015 and they still were hanging on to Marvin Lewis. So a lot of fans were like, all right, let's do something here. Either you're going to blow this thing up and start fresh, take a chance, even if it means you get a worse coach for a year or two. Uh, quarterback too, same same discussion. You know, are we going to do something here when try and make a move and try and win this thing, or you know, start fresh? And I think that's where fans are. You, they did it with coach, so at this point, we're like, all right, so what's up? You're you know, you're zero and six. You're going to make a move and and blow it up, or are you going to make a move and say, hey, we know what our future is. We know what the current reality is. Is that we're not a very good team. We're going to be staring at a top three pick more than likely. That means a new quarterback. That means a new Super Bowl window if everything goes right. So that means a lot of these players that are 28 to 34 years old that are still the core of the roster from, you know, eight years ago probably need to go because they won't be here during that next window. So I think fans are mostly ready to move on and try something new. So the way I see it is the national people or people around the country, like guys like me, we're sitting there going, we saw them against Pittsburgh. Barely got 100 yards in total offense. Is that who they are? But then, uh, because a lot of us, we wager and we bet and we play fantasy football, we play my bookie and all of that stuff, and we know they've been in a lot more games. They went to overtime, I believe. uh, Didn't they go into overtime with Baltimore, or did they play Baltimore close? They've been into some football games. All of those games haven't been like the Pittsburgh game. Yeah, that's right. The Seattle game was really down to the end. Uh, they made a game out of Buffalo, tying it up in the fourth quarter. Uh, the Steelers game was a blowout. The 49ers game was a blowout. But then the last two weeks, the Cardinals, they tie it up again with just about a minute and a half left. And then the Cardinals take the lead. And then again, last week, while the Ravens were out in front, the Bengals got close within a one one score. They had onside kick it at the end. They didn't recover it. So the games have been close. But I think that's the NFL, right? You're not really... I mean, I think the 49ers are excellent, but besides that, you're not really playing anybody that's too crazy good right now. I mean, Seattle is good, but that was week one. You can surprise them with a few things, and the Bengals did. They're a bad team overall, and not just bad. They are injured. I mean, they're out there throwing out guards that didn't even play last year at left tackle because they were down to their fourth guy at this point. Wow. I mean, there's always been talk about the scouting department, and that's why – you know, you got guys like Stephen A. Smith who used to rail on Marvin Lewis about not winning playoff games. But then there were other people that really knew around the league that, well, their scouting department it might be one of the smallest ones in the NFL, and they don't really put a lot of energy into that. Um, that that'd be pretty a, a pretty hard pill to swallow for me if I'm a Cincinnati Bengals fan. Yeah, that that is the hard part because they're a team that won't go into free agency, who they won't spend money. Uh, They're not going to make a lot of big trades to bring guys in like a Jalen Ramsey, right? So they are saying, we're going to build through the draft. We're going to acquire picks, have a lot of compensatory picks because they're going to lose some free agents. And they're going to, their plan is to draft well. And they actually did between like 2009 and 2013. It just, everything fell apart. You know, once you don't draft well for a year or two and they didn't in 14 and 15, next thing you know, the roster is now old and beat up. So, I mean, the core players, the good players are old. Uh, So when, when they don't have any, if you don't know, if you're a Jags, Jags fan listening right now, they have basically their de facto GM without even a GM title in Duke Tobin. And then they've got three scouts listed on the website, really two scouts and one like overseer of it all. Wow. That's it. I mean, it's the smallest department in the entire league. 
Now compare that to Jacksonville. You have a senior vice president of football operations and Tom Coughlin, who's a coach. You have Dave Caldwell. I think you have an assistant GM down there. But even after that, there's a there's anywhere between eight to a dozen scouts on this team. And then they have a cap specialist in John Isaac. So, I mean, that, that does mean a lot, man, when when these guys, you know, they have to compete against other teams, teams that have more resources. And uh, it's almost like you you have a broken leg and you only got one crutch when you're yeah. the Cincinnati Bengals. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to uh, – we don't take breaks on lockdown, but what we do is we'll tease what's coming up. And what we're going to tease is this. We're going to go a little offense, defense, defense, offense with this Sunday's game that's going to be played in Paul Brown Stadium in Jacksonville. It's your man T. Wig with Joe Goodberry for Locked On Bengals, and we'll do that in just a second. All right, so it's crossover Wednesday, Locked On Bengals, Locked On Jaguars. We've got the cat teams going at it this week, and uh, I don't think the NFL likes cat teams because they're all struggling right now. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> but we're, we're looking at this game. Obviously, the big story is Jalen Ramsey. That just happened right before we started recording here. I want to know from a, a, um, a personnel perspective, maybe even schematically, what are the Jags going to do? What have they done? They haven't had him for a few weeks because he's been out with a, a berth and a back and a, trying to get traded, but uh, they don't put that on injury report, do they? So uh, what have the Jags been doing to try and hide him, to try and you know keep this defense together without, frankly, maybe, I was going to say the best player, but Calais Campbell's probably uh, has that label right now. Uh, what have they done and what do you expect them to do? Well, you're close. Uh, Jalen's the best player. He was the best player on the team. But with him not being available, and, you know, let, let me give you a description of him because I, I know him a little bit. I've been around in the locker room. Jalen Ramsey, if you, if you want to describe him, is the, let's just say they have these little these little pet pet areas where people can bring their dogs and they have a, a pet greeting, right? So let's just okay. say everybody's there with their dog, right? And then all of a sudden, the elevator opens or the door opens and a pit bull comes off and there's no owner with them. But everybody's standing around there with their dogs on leashes. And here's this pit bull. And he, he's not a nuisance, but he kind of just goes around and eats out of everybody's bowl. And then when he walks away, all of the other dogs walk behind him. That's Jalen Ramsey. Hmm. It, it's almost as if, like, he looks menacing. He acts menacing. But he's not menacing, but everybody follows him. That's why I believe it was imperative for them to make a move and get him out of here once it was clear that he wanted to go. Because he's the type of guy that everybody in that locker room likes, for the most part, anyway. Or they don't dislike him. And those that don't dislike him aren't going to say anything because of his talent level. But you want him on your team, but you get sick and tired of talking about it. And I think those guys started to get fatigued answering questions about it. Uh, I do think there's a, a big segment of the, the people around here that believes that, wow, he's always struggled with his back a little bit. And he you, you could hear stories about him having to get stretched out. The thing with him is before he would play through it, somehow after that meeting with Tom Coughlin that he had, he no longer felt that he wanted to play through those injuries. And now the people that used to cheer for him, they didn't cheer for him anymore because the last thing they want you to do is screw up their Sundays. And we saw that with the Kaepernick situation. They, they don't screw up my Sundays. Well, he was screwing up their Sunday. So, good bear, man, I'm going to tell you, it's just like it got to a point where 
I thought it was inevitable, but they got rid of him because you need to focus on you. You need to focus on moving forward. You need to focus on what this team can do um, because you were going to be without him anyway. He was going to find a reason, I believe, every single week to not play. Hmm. So who replaces him then? I mean, uh, do you have an adequate replacement? Do they have a fourth guy that can really jump in there now? Well, here's what they did. Last week, they had gotten this. They had employed this strategy that they were finally going to let Jalen chase the number one receiver from the other team because normally he'd play on one side. They let A.J. Boye do that last week to uh, Michael Thomas. A.J. Boye is a guy who they paid a big uh, amount of money for who's also gone to the Pro Bowl. He's not Jalen Ramsey. He did a pretty good job on Michael Thomas. The problem is with Trey Herndon on the other side, even though he's a young developmental player, just can't replace. In fact, I'll tell you something that somebody from the front office told me two weeks ago. I don't want to. I, I don't want him traded because you know how hard it is to find guys like that. And that's a quote. You know how hard it is to find guys like that. But it was inevitable. So now they just play team defense. They instead of having a guy on one side that you don't have to worry about if he's facing Odell or. Uh, Julio or Antonio Brown, if he was still playing. Now what you're going to get is you're going to get more of a team defensive effort. So that means the pass rush really has to show up and guys have to be sound in what they do on the back end. Mm. Yeah, see, the Bengals number one right now without A.J. Green out there, and we don't know if he'll play. Uh, he's going to try and practice this week, so we don't know what's going on there. So I guess we got to avoid the uh, Ramsey versus A.J. Green part two going on here. But r- number one for the Bengals right now is Tyler Boyd. But he's primarily a slot guy, I mean, almost exclusively. And we saw last week, or two weeks ago, he, he relished that role. And he was uh, he, he got fed with the targets, caught 10 balls, 120 yards, and a touchdown, and really got that Arizona game close. And then last week, Humphreys and Baltimore really shut him down. And I, I think uh, Boyd caught three passes all game and, and really didn't get any much room at all to run. And is Boyd going to go into the slot? Will he cover the slot? Because Boyd is strictly in the slot. Uh, no. Uh, what they're going to do in the slot, DJ Hayden, who's probably been their best defensive player this year, he's been a really good addition, a former first-round pick. He's been a really good, solid addition. He's a guy that plays the slot really well, and he can blitz, and he gets a lot of tackles behind the line of scrimmage. So they're going to pretty much leave D.J. Hayden there. So you'll see A.J. Boyer on one side, Trey Herndon on the other, D.J. Hayden in the slot. I just feel sorry for Andy uh, Andy Dalton because if you guys are struggling on the defensive line, this is not the team that you need to be playing. Let me tell you what, what they do. They go Calais Campbell – at end, and then if you don't get yards, they'll move him into the three technique. Mm-hmm. Marcel Darius is your nose. The ends then become Yannick Ngakwe, who starts the game, and they bring in Josh Allen, who was the number seven overall pick. It is unbelievable what they can do rushing a passer with four people. So if you guys are struggling on that line, I, what I would do, and I'm not trying to help you guys out because I am locked on Jaguars, but I would tell Joe Mixon to load up on the pad and the icy hot because I would slow this game down and give the ball to Joe Mixon as much as I can because if you don't, Andy Dalton uh, might need to look as an insurance policy. Well, uh, to the benefit of the Jaguars, in three games this year, the Bengals have averaged less than two yards per carry, so uh, they, they can't run the ball at all. This offensive line is bad. I mean, really, really bad, but the it doesn't help when Mixon isn't running very well right now. He's not breaking any tackles at all. When he has, it's like, okay, this is. I guess the running game can be okay. Uh, but he'll go through so many games where he doesn't break a tackle at all. 
and be, and, and with his struggles and the O-line struggles, it's really putting everything on Andy Dalton in this passing game. There's They're routinely going out there and dropping back 40 times in a game because of it. And uh, I definitely see that happening again. And if this, there's no way this O-line's going to be able to hold up against this pass rush. It's, it's very similar to, uh, I'd say, the 49ers had the best pass rush they've played so far. And you see, they, you know, they've got all those first-rounders in there. This is probably the next best team with the, with the front four. It's going to be tough. And, you know, I, I think from a Bengals perspective, right now all our hope is pinned on maybe somebody can make a play. Last week it was Auden Tate who caught five balls for 91 yards as the big receiver really replacing uh, A.J. Green. Uh, but besides that, their offense has been really anemic. Yeah, Auden is a, is a local kid here from Florida State. We know him very well. Kid that didn't run very well, but we always knew he could play right. well. Let's flip it and switch it a little bit. Offensively here, it's all about Leonard Fournette. He's leading the AFC in rushing, finally living up to that. Uh, well, he, he kind of did his rookie year, but then he's finally living back up to being the number four overall pick. And, of course, the mustache man, Minshew Mania, Gardner Minshew. He, uh, had, he had his first hurdle last week against the Saints where he did not play well. Now, if I tell you one thing about Gardner Minshew, I do believe guys like Dunlap and Geno Atkins can give him a little bit of trouble. Um, with their pass rush because he likes to come off schedule and improvise. Um, what do you guys have defensively, especially on, especially on the back end, that could prevent Gardner Minshew from going out there and having one of those games that has made him the rookie of the week four out of the first five weeks of the season? The strength of the defense was supposed to be the defensive line for the Bengals. And that and you mentioned Atkins and Dunlap. Dunlap missed last week. We don't know his status yet if he'll play this week. Uh, if not, it's and it's Sam Hubbard, who was a third-round pick last year, who guy they really like. He is a bit limited, but usually good against the run, and he'll run all day for 70 snaps. He doesn't care. Um, the, the other end, though, that is at times their best edge rusher. And I say that because he's dealt with injuries since he's been at Auburn, and that's Carl Lawson, and mm-hmm. that it's his third year. And when he gets going, man, sometimes he is extremely hard to block. Maybe their best pass rusher on the team. They're just far too often, I feel like, maybe because of his size, maybe because of his stiffness. He's just uh, nowhere to be found for a stretch of plays. And and on the back end, though, is where they're really getting hit. They lost both corners last week in, in terms of starters. Draker Patrick's going to miss a month and he's not their best corner but uh you know he's been starting for a long time and i think they feel comfortable with him back there but their best corner william jackson had to leave on the last drive he hurt his shoulder he's gonna miss a few weeks so those two are out it goes to bw webb who was a journeyman for the most part and played decently last year for the giants they signed him in the offseason when they signed the giants defensive backs coach to be their defensive coordinator lou anarumo so it's going to be B.W. Webb, and just luck has it. Finally, the Bengals get some semblance of luck, even in a in a on a dark moment that you're losing two corners. Uh, Derek West Denard, former first-round pick, was on the pup list. He's eligible to come off this week. He has been healthy for a couple weeks. I assume they're going to pull him off and let him play because they're they're really thin right now, and they're going to put him out there. Uh, so he's going to be rusty, but he's going to go out there and have to play. And after that, I mean, they are – that that's as depleted as it gets. Not even having your top two guys, but I, at, right now I don't know who the third corner will be. It'll probably be Tony McRae, who's been a journeyman special teamer. Well, that's trouble because uh, Jacksonville has an emerging wide receiver who a lot of us say that he reminds us of a little bit of AJ Green with a little more physicality, and that's DJ Chark, the second year player out of LSU. So. Watch out for him. He looks like a superstar. And then I know you hit me up in private and say, yeah, he does kind of look like AJ. So 
check that out. Um, real quick, if any Bengal fans are pissed off at the team and want to get involved in Minshew Mania, you know they can go to Breaking Tees slash Locked On, and there's a Gardner Minshew collection on on Breaking Tees slash Locked On with all of these different Gardner Minshew Uncle Rico T-shirts. Um, I want to ask you something, though, for anybody that might be traveling food options. What, what are you guys known for? And, you know, you don't even have to mention anybody who's not paying us for advertising. Oh, okay. What are you guys known for, man? Tell us, tell us what we need to be looking for. What is Cincinnati? What do you guys eat? Cincinnati's known for Skyline Chili, which is like uh, spaghetti and chili and cheese on top of it. It's weird. I've never had it, to be honest with you. But that is what it is known for. So I guess you go up there and, and get some of that if uh, if you're so inclined. But I want to know if you get a fake mustache with an order of some Minshew teas because, I, I listen, uh, there's a lot of Bengals fans that would like this team to lose this week because there's not many winnable games left on the schedule in this Sorry to say, is one of them because the Jags, I mean, it, this could go anyway, I think, in, in, all, in all honesty. And then we got the Dolphins week 16. So we're looking at it like, man, least, lose these two, and you're in great position to own that number one pick. So I, I, I think you could see a few Bengals fans out there rocking the mustache. I no doubt about it, man. The tease, you have to come down here and buy tickets to get the, the mustache with the tease, man. Hey, Good Bear, man, it's been a good time, man. And uh, I'm sure everybody on Locked on Jaguars and Locked on Bengals will really enjoy this episode. And uh, I'm not going to tell you good luck because I want the Jaguars to win, but I do hope for a fun game in Cincinnati on Sunday. And uh, it's been good talking to you, man. Stay in touch. Yes, sir. And I do hope for a fun game, but I do hope good luck to the Jaguars on this one. (laughs) (laughs) All right, man. That's uh, my man, Joe Goodberry, man. He's doing it up in Cincinnati for the Locked On Network. And this Tony Wiggins. We'll take care, man. We'll see you guys tomorrow on both networks.